Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Happy New Year! When you go to Odd Lang Syne and you Odd Lang Syne, all your friends. What is Odd Lang Syne? We don't. Know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know. So last year, for our first episode of 2023, mm-hmm. we made predictions. Predictions. Would you like to hear what your predictions were? I would love to hear my predictions. I don't even remember my predictions. Your we had a personal prediction and a like book prediction. Oh, okay. Your personal prediction was that you would sell a book. I did sell a book. You sold a book? I sold two books, actually. There you go. I sold two books. I overdid my own prediction. Well done. Thank you. And I, the yeah. The other prediction which you said the bigger prediction for the year would be that more graphic novels uh, that get nominated for Newbery Awards than not graphic novels, at least one will be nominated. For the, I assume I meant for the Newbery? Yeah, no, I think I fell flat on my keister on that one. Well, that that's was all right. Not, that okay. was not accurate. Here, okay. I think I fell flat on both of mine. Oh, oh goody, goody. All right. So mine was a personal, get a new job. Uh-huh. That never happened. That's, that's not happened yet. No. And then my book prediction was that there was going to be a book that's going to get a Caldecott honor that will be in black and white. Yeah, no, you fell down on both of them. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. That sucks. <laughs> all right. That's okay. So what are your predictions for 2024? Okay, well, unfortunately, my my go-to was going to be uh, that I would sell a book, but now apparently I've stolen my own thunder, so thanks, past me. Future me (laughs) is not happy with you. Uh, So in that case, I'm going to have to pivot and say that, okay, so I, I was very vague last time, though. I did say just a book. I will say, this is a, this is, okay, this will be like a goal for myself. How about that? I will try very, very hard and I will make many, many efforts to sell something that is not a picture book. Nothing, no, no shade on picture books. Picture books are great. Picture books are lovely, but I want another novel and I want to sell it and I'm working on run right now and I really, 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 really want it to go somewhere. So my fingers and toes are all crossed. I, I will sell a novel. Okay. Okay. And your book prediction, Caldecott, Newberry. Okay, this is going to sound stupid, but I think I was just a year off <laughs> on that last one. I said there would be a bunch of nov- of graphic novels without having any specific, I suspect, in mind. That could be it. This year, oh my gosh, we have nothing but amazing graphic novels. We've got Mexican. We've got a first time for anything. We've got, like... All these amazing graphic novel memoirs, and they're gorgeous and beautiful. And I think this this is the year by gum. Not to be a broken record, but I think I just got it. I just so was this a is little the year off for nominated or winning. Uh, both. We will have both a nominated and a winner. That's what I'm saying. I'm just I'm doubling down. Okay. Doubling down. How about you? Okay. Um, 
my personal is I would like our Instagram account to hit 1,800 followers. Oh, where are we right now? We're about 1,600. Oh. So I think that's an I think easy that's goal. A, that's a reasonable goal, yeah. So if, folks, if you could hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want, tell your mom, tell your neighbor, tell your teacher, tell your friends about this podcast, we would be forever grateful. It would be very cool. It would be very nice of you. I would like that. Start the year off by helping us. Exactly. And that's your <laughs> Spread personal? Spread the word. So that's your personal Yes. One? All right, all right, all So right. my book prediction is right. that the Caldecott winner is going to be controversial, or at least I want it to be. Mm. Either the book is going to be controversial or the illustrator is going to be controversial. Oh, very cool. I think that could happen. I'm thinking of some possibilities. So, yeah. Considering that... Literally anyone who isn't uh, a, a white Trumper is considered by the white Trumpers to be controversial. I think you're, you've you've uh, you've uh, chosen a good one. I think Thank that'll you. yeah that'll do very well. Yeah. So we'll see. Excellent. Ooh, that probably means okay. Well, that means the Kwani and Alexander might win. Okay. Anyway, we get ahead of ourselves. We're not even doing the the Caldecott prediction one today. No. No. But what is this podcast, by the way? Uh, Fuse It and Kate. That's right. And what do we actually do on this podcast? We talk about children's picture books. We write. And uh, and whether they're good. Yes. Or crap. Yes. And deserve to be considered classics or not. Yes. We have done many, many a fine picture book back in the day. We've, we've done episodes and episodes and episodes. But they all almost have 300. One, almost 300. We have they all have one thing in common, I would say. They're all written by people. They are... Yes, AI has not yet made a book that we would consider a 20 years old even uh, to be considered for a classic. So yes, sorry, AI. Uh, we'll see you in 25 years. But no, we have never done, to the best of my knowledge, strictly, we've done, we've done them along this way, but never a straight one, a straight up nonfiction picture book. Yes, we have. What have we done? We did for President's Day. We did the president book. Oh, that's right. Okay, so that's a lot. All right, so we have done nonfiction, but we do it very rarely. I will say that much. And I don't know if we've done like a straight bio of anyone. Yeah, I have the memory of a goldfish, so I have no idea. <laughs> no, we definitely didn't do one about a goldfish. So I think we're fine. So this, I'm just going to declare it. And if people uh, go through our archives and go, no, uh, thank you for going through our archives. That's very nice of you. Um, but yes, this will be our, a straight up. And it's it's great because it is very wintry it is a perfect oh, nice. it is a perfect follow-up to our holiday books are you ready for this one sure here we go snowflake bentley by jacqueline briggs martin illustrated by mary azarian sure but wait, um, we did yeah. one about dinosaurs and the guy and that was a like a biography it was in new york remember yeah. Oh, 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 yes. And they had the party that yeah, I wanted to... Yeah, Dino... Uh, Waterhouse... Hawkins. Yeah. Dino yeah, Waterhouse Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the Brian Selznick one. We sure did do that one. You're right. Good memory on you. Good memory. The, the goldfish is coming back. The goldfish <laughs> is coming back. Uh, <laughs> but we haven't done one on anyone whose last name is named Bentley. That's true. I'm going to cling to whatever strings I can. And this one <laughs> did... Is the rare nonfiction picture book bio picture book... That won a Caldecott Award. Not wow. that it's the only one, but it is a rare thing for it to happen. Nice. So uh, go read that book. All right. All right. While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information on the actual Snowflake Bentley. Ooh, there's a twist. 
All right. Uh, his name was actually Wilson A. Bentley. He was born in 1865. He lived until 1931. He was born in the town of Jericho, Vermont. And over his life, he would, yes, indeed, be the first person to photograph a single snow crystal. And he went on to photograph well over 5,000 snow crystals. And uh, his website, because he has a very nice website, I should say. The Snowflake Bentley uh, people, they do not mess around. If you go to snowflakebentley.com, you can get a lovely little biography of him and everything he did. We won't go too much into it since Kate's going to cover some of that when we talk about the book. But uh, his 1931 book, Snow Crystals, is still in print today. And if you go to his website, by the way, uh, you can go to the bio, and then you can go to the in-depth bio. I kind of love that, because if you go to the in-depth bio, it begins... On the ninth day of February 1865, Lee's army was evacuating Richmond while Grant's army was moving southward to block the retreat. I'm like, okay, come come on, come on. It also has a really lovely uh, gift shop with ornaments. Oh, the ornaments are beautiful. And the jewelry, so nice. You can buy a copy of his book there. And they prominently sell Snowflake Bentley, as is right. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff there. You can even get posters. Posters, I tell you, of snowflakes and of Snowflake Bentley and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, highly recommend it. I'm just going to do two thumbs up on this one. Uh, go to snowflakebentley.com, y'all. There's some fun stuff there. Hey, Betsy. Hey, Kate. Snow. 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 Um, before we jump in, though, in the dedications, there's an interesting line here. Oh, interesting. Okay. It says whoever M A is Mary oh, Mary Azarian the, the, yes, the illustrator yes. wrote for all the snow lovers of the world who like me think that snow is like chocolate there is never enough. Mm. I mean mm. I think I think where does she live in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. when you there's a point where you're done you're done and also when you've had enough in even a day. Um, if it gets too deep... For both deep, snow and chocolate, I would say. Yeah, I would agree. You can gorge on both and get very sick of both. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. But you know what? Maybe we just don't love snow enough, Kate. Maybe. Maybe. we just don't love snow enough. Well, not as much as this guy. Yeah. This guy loves snow. Boy, he do. He, uh, he's got horrible posture, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, how old is he supposed to be in that picture? I mean, that's hard to say. I guess that's a flash forward to the future and then you go back in time to his past, right? Uh, sure. Like the movie opens and he's an old man, but that's what happened in the last to. book. We were in the future and then we jumped to the past. Yeah, and then... well, it makes it more interesting. It kind of like, like, how did he get to be this way? Well, it's interesting because at the bottom of the page, it's the text of the story, but on the sides, you have facts like about him or his life. Huh. It's kind of like your own personal clippy. Oh, that's. <laughs> the worst possible way you could put that. I don't think that's the correct answer. I think it's a way of giving information without having to bother with the the plot of the book. Right. Yeah. Uh, it says at the bottom of the text here, he watched snowflakes fall on his mittens on the dried grass of Vermont. And here it's beautiful this time of year. Yes, here it's beautiful this time of year. Vermont. All that snow. Anyway, these illustrations, not doing it for me. Really? Not, not a fan? Not, not a fan. A fan. Yeah. Nope. They all, I mean, I have, I have big cheeks, all right? I yeah, got a big, dim, I have dimplicious cheeks. <laughs> and these guys. These are, this is, you're in big, big cheek land. These are, these yeah. are ridiculous. Kate, what we have here is a classic case of woodcut cheek. That's really hard to say, woodcut cheek. Yeah, these are woodcuts. How cuts. much cheek could a woodcut cheek, cheek if, a wood, if a good cheek could 
wood chick wood. <laughs> How much wood could a wood chick chick? A wood chick? No, that, there was no wood chick. Ah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's right. The story of this kid, he's homeschooled. He is smart because he reads encyclopedias and he really likes snow. All right. Wow. And that was a short book. Moving on. <laughs> he he doesn't play with the other kids building these really awesome snow no, forts. How are they doing this? They're like making bl- like actual blocks. Like ice blocks. Ice blocks. That's hard to do. And yet he's out here just capturing snowflakes and he's really into snowflakes. Okay. Well, I can see why uh, of the time, certainly other kids would have been like, okay. And so what he does is that he tries to encapsulate these different snowflakes as quickly as he can, but obviously they melt. Mm. And so by the, he, he starts drawing them, but then they melt and then he can't finish his drawing. Indeed. Right. Right. Now in this illustration, it says starting at age 15, he drew a hundred snow crystals each winter for three winters. He is supposed to be 15. Right. He looks like a 50-year-old mom. I assume he he looks like a soccer mom wearing her husband's fleece. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Again, not a fan. Not. Yeah. Well, it's woodcuts, man. That's what you're going to do. Did you ever, as a kid, like, cut out snowflakes out of paper? Of course. I did it recently for Travis Yonker's new book, uh, Just One Flake. Oh, and I'm, my snowflake is on the end paper on the on, on the on the actual cover of the book. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, he uh, he really wants a microscope with a camera. Sure, that'd be cool, right? Yeah, but they're expensive. Yeah, I and bet. What year are we even in? God knows. Early 1900s. All right, so yeah, and that's the family farm. Right and there. he goes to his mom, and he's like, "I really want this," and you can't get mad at her. She's holding knitting needles correctly, but, but in one hand. So she's just, you know, she, because he interrupted her knitting. So she's just like, mm. she stopped her work. You can't get mad at how she's holding them. I'm not because I'm, even though the ends are up, I think the thing that she's knitting that, yeah, you're right. She's holding them. Okay. It's fine. She's not knitting that way. This it's is fine. a pass. We're giving you a pass, Mary. <laughs> and I do love the illustrations of the inanimate objects, like the, the pottery used You're fine here. with everything but faces, basically. It's the yeah. people that freak me out. How did this win a Caldecott? I don't people understand. People love woodcut man i don't know what to tell you they love woodcuts now it says that well they spent their savings to get their son this camera nice right? people it's so much for your retirement folks it says it's the camera is taller than a newborn calf let's be clear the table that the camera yeah, is on yeah. makes it taller than a newborn calf. Because they actually have a newborn calf there for comparison's sake right which i appreciate but it's yeah. it's on a table it's on so, it's on a table yeah I don't know. If you stood it on its end, it might actually be taller. Uh, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Yeah. It's, it's a weird illustration. It's, <laughs> I'm judging true. everything You're about it. So judgy. She's so judgy. <laughs> so, right. So he's happy with his camera. He's taking pictures of everything he can. Winter comes. He's trying to take pictures of photo, photographs of the snowflakes, but mm. he can't figure out, like, the exposure and how to do it. Eventually... On the second winter, he figures it out. But on the right-hand side, it says he learned, too, that he could make the snow crystals show up more clearly by using a sharp knife to cut away all the dark parts of the negative around the crystals. This is my favorite part. This etching meant extra hours of work for each photograph, but Willie didn't mind. I'm like, "Mm, 
Pretty sure you can't call that a fact. Pretty sure he did mind. Uh, because no, actually. Okay, so this for brings hours. in... hours. Well, Extra yeah, hours. okay, but here's the thing. So, uh, I'm just going to bring this little fact in because I was going to bring it up eventually. In 1892, a German scientist named Gustav Hellmann asked a colleague to photograph snowflakes, and they realized they were nowhere near as gorgeous or symmetrical as Bentley's, and Hellman accused Bentley of manipulating his photographs. What is clear is that Bentley gave his white-on-white -white images a black background by scraping the emulsion off the negatives around the outline of each snowflake, but he sometimes would scrape away the asymmet asymmetries too. So if it wasn't a perfect snowflake, he'd cut away what mm, wasn't perfect about it. Cheater. And Hellman claimed that he had mutilated the outlines. And Bentley's defense was that uh, a true scientist wishes above all to have his photographs as true to nature as possible. And if retouching will help in this respect, then uh, it is fully justified. No, so he no, was no. manipulating a yeah. lot of these images. He was photoshopping He these was photoshopping. Yes, he was. He was trying to make them look as perfect as possible. And sometimes they were, but sometimes they weren't. And he would make them look that way. So, <laughs> yeah. so I don't think he minded at all because it got him what he wanted. But I was thinking, if he made over 100 photographs, I'm really hoping that there's back matter that includes those because ah, I really yes, want to see... you would want to see an actual photograph of these. Because so far, yeah. we've just seen the illustrator make snowflakes like yeah well drawings. they're drawings of, and if it's a book about a photographer you want to see the photography exactly i understand that yeah. yeah so in the you know springtime you know he takes pictures in the fall he takes pictures but what's really disturbing though is that it says on fall nights he would gently tie a grasshopper to a flower so he could find it in the morning and photograph the dew-covered insect what if the, a predator came by and ate the grasshopper because it couldn't get away. What if he forgot that he tied the grasshopper there the next morning and it just died on the flower? <laughs> I love how you're defensive of, of grasshoppers. By the way, this I thought this was a really sh creepy photo until I realized it wasn't looking at his teeth. That was looking at his mustache. Yeah. But yeah, if you think that's teeth, that is a little boy. <laughs> it's a whole thing over here. I'm yeah, just he's, saying. He's, yeah. he's grown up here. Yeah, he's grown up. It says that he gave away copies of the snowflakes. He made special pictures as gifts. Uh, and also in the evening, he did slideshows on the lawns uh, on the lawns for his friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is this like in the 70s when you went on vacation and yeah. you subjected your friends and family <laughs> to a slideshow? Here's, a, here's another snowflake I took. <laughs> and this one is also a snowflake. <laughs> and it just goes on for hours. Yeah. But this poor, it looks like a grandmother is sitting on the lawn. Give her a pillow or a blanket to sit on. Oh. Her butt must be so sore if she's been sitting on this lawn for hours. My butt hurts for her. Yeah, no, I mean, just looking at snowflakes would be enough for me, honestly. Yeah. But then there's this weird line that comes out of nowhere uh -huh. and has mm. no point to it. Okay. It says he wrote about snow in in uh, magazines. He gave speeches. Then there's the line, You are doing a great work, said a professor from Wisconsin. The little farmer became known to be a... I'm like... So it's, it's to show that the scientific community liked what he was doing, even though he did, had no a degrees. A professor. He was no... And the professor is not, not named. Does it say on the side what his name was? No. Oh, dear. Nope. No. It's just, that's weird, here's actually. a random compliment yeah. we think happened from someone Some that could dude, have existed he, in Wisconsin. Who may have taught people. 
Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It was like, why did you add that line that gives no context and no purpose? I'm assuming it to show that even the scientific community loved him, but uh, okay. they were mixed on him, I believe. So. Well, he spent 15k on his work and received 4k for on the sale of his photographs and slides. So he yeah. definitely spent he more than he earned. He wasn't a businessman. Let's just say that. Yeah. And then he walked six miles home in a blizzard. He got pneumonia and died. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Every single thing, source I've looked at has said the same story. Yeah, uh, which is depressing. I, I thought that was gonna be the end of the book, but no. There's one more page. Oh, okay. It says that there's a monument built for him in the center of town. It's not a monument. It's just a sign. That's a sign. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's the snowman right there that they're making. <laughs> nope. That's a terrible monument, but, I, but, but an accurate one because it does matter. But you turn the page and look, there's back matter. Yay! And there's photographs. There's photographs of snowflakes. Very cool. Look how perfect they are. But there's a quote from him that has a one next to it. Oh, wait. And, and, and then, it, it, and then it, on the it. back of the book, oh. there's another quote from him that has a two next to okay, it. Okay, they gotta be on the publication page. Did we check the publication well, page? Well, I realized it's a trick. Oh, what? Because, yeah, you go back to the, I mean, I call it the dedication page. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. And, and there's the uh, ah. where, the dedication where you can see where they cited, but then okay. you're already at the beginning of the book, so you might as well start reading from the beginning again, yeah, and then it's just an vicious oh, cycle, you and you Can't never stop. stop. I understand. The <laughs> poor thing. Uh, I already said my facts on his manipulation of the images, so uh, ratings time. Okay, so... I don't like the illustrations. I don't what? Even, I don't understand. I never. I didn't get any sense of that. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't understand how it won a Caldecott. Yeah. I I almost wish that this had been like that Knuffle Bunny book that uh-huh. mixed illustrations yeah, with photographs. With the photograph? That would be cool. Hey, someone could still do that. It's been a long time since that. Because book came the out. three little tiny photographs in the back matter is not, not enough. Not doing it for you. Not doing it for you. The yeah. writing. Eh. It's very matter of fact. This happened, and then this happened, and then right. he died. Right, it's a very standard <laughs> bio. Very, uh, but, yeah. But he sounded like an interesting character, and it does make me interested in seeing this book that he came out with, uh, but it doesn't make me want to read this book multiple right. times. Okay. It's fine. I gave it a 4.9. Yeah. I, uh, this will be an interesting one, because I, uh, you know, do I like, that we're praising a guy who did photo manipulation, but he never claimed he wasn't. I mean, then there's something to be said for that. I mean, he said straight out, like, yeah, I manipulated the photos because I wanted nature to look as good as possible. And people were like, but that's not, he wasn't a scientist, people. He was more of an artist than anything else. And that's something an artist would do. So we have to take that into consideration. Um, I got nothing against the art myself. I'm not for it. I ain't against it. Uh, it's fine. It does the job that it's supposed to do. It is a very standard picture book bio. It does the, he was born, he lived, he died, we remember him. And I'm not as thrilled with those because I've seen so many picture book bios since then that have, but we're only looking at the book in front of us. Yep. I'm a straight down the line five. With our scores combined, it is just below a classic. It's, it's just it's a, below it's a, a classic. It's a toe under the it's, line It's classic. not even a toe. It is like the teeny, teeny, tiny tip of the little toe's <laughs> toenail. Yeah. Just a little sliver there. We're starting the new year off with not a classic. <laughs> not a classic. I'm okay with that. It's what you've always wanted. I love it. Wonderful. <laughs> Lettuce time. Ooh. All right. We're starting with Emma Roth Smith. Now, she was talking about how we had that question about what the poke of candy was that she got in the in the Christmas book we did. Yes. Yeah, the best Christmas pageant ever. No. Tree. Tree. Christ- tree best ever. perfect Christmas tree. Most perfect Christmas tree. Ever. Ever. <laughs> We're never going to remember that time. Nope. Uh, 
She says, I believe poke has some regional slash historic use as a synonym for bag, like in the idiom, a pig in a poke. Not that I can remember what that means. Ha! I purchased a copy of this book this fall since a surprising number of patrons had it on hold last December. It's circulating well this year, too, and I suspect it might be on a list of Christmas books for a homeschooling curriculum. Ah, it all comes together. The ultimate homeschooling mom book, where she does all the work and <laughs> gets bupkis, but she does get to pre- you know piss off a preacher. So I mean, there fun. were lots of people in our Instagram comments that were saying that this was one of their favorite books. No, no, a that... lot of people love it very, 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 very much. It's and we've made beloved. them very angry oh, for yeah, not it's... calling it a classic. I always wonder with the Instagram <laughs> people how often they actually listen to the episode. So I think they're just thinking they don't know that we. <laughs> what we rate we don't say it in the instagram and i think that's a smart way for us to go <laughs> sarah brannon wrote in and sarah brannon i should say is the person who suggested that we do snowflake bentley so thank you sarah thank you very much she said i listened to your podcast on the mushroom man shouting out okay thinking comments from the peanut gallery all the way through robert mccloskey's daughter vanilla beans for christmas my mother always gave me one but forget all that i have to stand up for the people of new england and defend the fluffer nutter a sandwich made with marshmallow fluff and peanut butter. If you were from New England, you would have eaten these all throughout your childhood. Marshmallow fluff was invented in Massachusetts in the early 19th century, and the fluffernutter sandwich has been proposed as the official state sandwich. The publisher of The Mushroom Man, Tilbury House, is in Maine, and the book's author, Ethel Pukowski, I murdered her name, lived in Maine. She knew from fluffernutters. You adults might think it tastes awful, but I bet your kids would like it. Not a chance. My kids hate marshmallows. <laughs> I, I, I will meet you in the middle, and I will try peanut butter on a s'more. Oh, tell you what. Oh, yeah. I might do that. Yeah. That's as close as I could That's get. That's as close yeah. as I'll get. <laughs> oh, and then re uh, Snowflake Bentley. She says, by the way, here's a link to one of Melissa Stewart's articles about how many kids prefer nonfiction to fiction. 42%, it seems. And huh. she has a link, which I will put in the show notes. Okay. All right. Grown-up things we like. Okay, so I'm starting off with a podcast this year. Oh! It is called Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries. Have you ever heard of it? I have never heard of this. It's a podcast that features a different medical mystery each week about somebody's body. They're all true stories and, of course, feature really rare medical conditions, but it's fascinating. Like, there's a woman who felt she couldn't get enough sleep, even though she could sleep for two days straight. Ooh. Yeah, which is Ooh, not good. That's not good. Uh, or a guy whose belly swells so big to the point they ha- that they have to operate. Mm. But I won't spoil, but what's on the inside, you would not expect. Hmm. Um, so if you like hearing strange, true medical horror stories or strange diagnoses, uh, then you should check out this podcast. It's called Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries. No, sounds like a nice compliment to Sawbones. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, mine is uh, honey. Specifically... I had it in my bag all week to remind myself to bring it to you. And yesterday, it exploded in my bag and destroyed everything that was in it, including two library books. So um, I can't show it to you. But uh, this honey, I, I like it in the sense that it reminded me of a time when I was a child and I put my tongue out. Uh, and I tasted tree sap because I thought it would be like maple syrup, but it wasn't. <laughs> and, uh, and I haven't tasted that again. Until I tried this honey, I went to the grocery store trying to get some honey in a glass jar. Let me tell you, that's really hard to find sometimes in a grocery store. And I found some, but it was Greek. And I was like, well, Greek seed honey too. I don't care. And I had a big picture of a tree. I did not notice that the oil of that tree had been added to the honey. It was, I put a tiny 
droplet of it on my tongue and I tasted it for hours and hours and hours and I burped it and then it exploded in my bag. So I love honey, but not that honey. I am here to praise all other honeys aside from that one. If you want to You know to what my hear, favorite honey is? What's your favorite honey? Manuka honey. Yeah, well, you had you gave it away at your wedding and I finally yeah. worked through all of the ones that we stole from all the tables that people didn't take. <laughs> And now I have to actually buy honey yeah. because the former editor of Kirkus, who used to give me her honey like for free every year, also is no longer the editor of Kirkus. So now I have so to buy honey like a schlub. Let me understand. You're, the grown-up thing that you like is honey. Is honey but that not that honey. <laughs> but not that honey. Not it's, the only honey. it's the honey. only honey it dripped all over my carpet What happened stairs. to the library books? Do you have to replace them? Do you have to yeah. pay for them? No, I don't have to pay for them. I buy them. I'm the library collection development manager. Shh. Nobody from Evanston better be listening to this podcast. I might get in trouble. Yeah, it was not a good scene. We have lots of copies of those two books, but man, I felt bad. Aww. They are dead. You cannot come back from that Greek honey, man. It's a bad scene. If you want to see my TikTok on it, people, I have a whole TikTok where I show the honey prior to it What is your TikTok handle? Uh, Fuse number eight. Okay. There you go. It's very easy to find. All so right. There you go. All right. Well, thank you for giving me a book that is definitely uh, wintry, you know what? full Consider of snow. Consider it my late Christmas gift to you. It's such a failure. Yeah, for you. But it was such a, just a barely a failure for me. So. so when do we start discussing the Caldecott expectations you think might be nominated? We could potentially do that in our next recording. After all, at the end of January will be the decision. So uh, yeah, either our next podcast or the podcast after that, I would Perfect. say. Perfect. Marvelous. And until I figure out what the heck we're going to talk about, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Drew Flake Drooly is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.